Hi everyone, welcome to Movement is My Constant. This is a podcast about human body movement, shared from the professionals who use this as a tool to design uh, human interactions. Today we are going to interview Miguel Maia. Hi Miguel. Hello Anna. Miguel is the director of the theater company Cepa Torta, based in Lisbon, Portugal. Recently he created a play on movement and I am curious about this process. So Miguel, thank you very much for being here and for your thank time. Thank you for your invitation. Tell me a little bit about your last play. You've been exploring this idea of throbbing, of pulsing, mm -hmm. as an initiator of movement. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me a bit more about it? Yeah. So the play was not about movement, though the movement was itself a very big character in the, in the play, uh, because it was a constant in all the work that we've been doing. Uh, so I was trying to, to, to see, to study the idea of desire on its general uh, scope, not erotic desire, but desire in general. And regarding movement, I think there is a, a very big relationship between um, what we desire uh, inside of us and uh, what we do in terms of our body movement especially in the performing arts. So uh, what I did, I used a book from a Portuguese writer from the 50s, from last century, Branquinho da Fonseca, and he wrote a novel called The Barão, the Baron, in which there is a very frightening man living in a remote village in deep Portugal that uh, one day receives the visit of uh, one um, school inspector to inspect the schools from the village. And this school inspector is very rigid, preoccupied with the norms, and this, this baron, on the other hand, uh, is very eccentric. So the clash between the two is very interesting from the point of view of uh, revealing their inner desires. So I used this player as a, like a matrix, like a basis. And then I tried to put this on, the sta on stage, but not the story itself, although the story was, was present and you saw the, mm -hmm. the show. But um, how, if you are an actor, how do you go on stage and do this story? Uh, mm -hmm. If you are obliged to do it. Mm -hmm. So I had to use all the tools that I had avail available. But the main one, was one of the main ones was move. Really interesting how you were talking about this clash. Clash is a very sort of natural, uh, uh, almost animalistic way mm -hmm. of, of, of expressing something that's inside us and we sometimes don't know how to express it. Yes. And the idea of when you say that desire is not in an erotic form and you always have to explain that. That's mm -hmm. also quite interesting because yes. were you afraid that people would take it in uh, that sense? I was expecting that and it, and okay. it happened. The, the interviews okay. I, I gave before the play to to the media, they always asked me um, questions that, that were related to erotic desire. Because in Portuguese, the, the word desire, I think in English also, mm. um, almost instantly goes to that side. But I did not have another word for uh -huh. it. Because desire is very... Uh, it can it can en encompass a lot of, a lot of, of things. Of things yeah. And uh, I was interested in uh, researching... Um, what makes you move, not only in the movement way, but move as um, taking decisions, mm -hmm. doing this, doing that. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to uh, cross the domain of the characters, mm -hmm. the story and the characters, with the domain of the actors mm -hmm. and their job. 
Okay. So I was working in this limbo between mm -hmm. character mm -hmm. and actor. And um, the movement is very important in this case because mm -hmm. imagine that the, the Baron goes and get, gets a, cu a cup of water. Yeah. This is a movement. He goes mm -hmm. there, he walks uh, some steps and then mm -hmm. grabs the cup of water. But the actor himself may be showing other things while he does this. And I was interested in the evolution of the actor throughout the story of the Baron. Mm -hmm. the evolution of this second movement while he was doing the movements or saying the words of the main story. I was mm -hmm. interested in this double... Layers. Yes, so double, double, triple... Quadruple. Yeah, yeah, so many layers. Yes. Yeah. For you, the actor is the best channel to explore this sort of concepts mm -hmm. because they act, they interpret something that is real to mm -hmm. the Baron in this case. But the actor is already creating interpretation. Yes, and I'm interested in that project process yeah, because process. I'm more interested in reacting, not acting, but mm. reacting by yourself. So mm -hmm. I, I know that this play would be completely different if other four actors would be used. Of course, of course. And uh, of course this happens always in, in, in mm -hmm. performing arts, but in this case I was exactly looking for that, for that differences. So yeah. the, the show was constructed with me and these four actors. If we had done it with the other actors, it would be completely different. So you sure. had to know these actors already for quite... You've worked with them before. I've worked with them before, yes. Yeah. yes. And, uh, and I knew that they were... Um, I was searching for actors that could propose something in stage. Mm -hmm. And um, there are actors that like to be directed yeah. very thoroughly. And there are actors that like to propose a lot yeah. uh, for the creation of the hmm. final shows. And where were these actors? Were they? They were the second. Uh, the second yes, one. They uh, like to propose. They like to propose, and they proposed a lot. It is very interesting because you have like a painter that the inks are always changing their yeah. color. So sometimes you are, you grab this green to paint this tree, but mm -hmm. then it turns blue while you are grabbing the yeah, ink. Yeah. So it it has some difficulties in it mm -hmm. in the process, but then. I think the, um, the rewards are more... This sense of movement, the, the reason you uh, grab this text and you interpret and then you uh, started putting all, all these questions to create your play, it comes from your own movement. And still yes. you uh, relate on the movement of others and their interpretation to complete your show. Yes, I think it's, a, it's an humblest uh, exercise because you always... Um, when you dream of a project, when you start its conceptualization and you study for it, you always have an image as mm -hmm. uh, how yes. it will be in the end. It's your vision. And you have to prepare yourself to change this mm -hmm. completely. Right. Especially when you have this kind of proposals and right. in which one of the premises is exactly that you will accept others to be involved in an artistic way, in a creative way. So I, I knew that this would happen and I was prepared for that. That's why I say this is an ambulance exercise because you have to give up some of your certainties mm -hmm. about the way that this actor moves, mm -hmm. for example, and the way he speaks and then embrace their options. So is that part of movement? Mm -hmm. The way we move, mm -hmm. do we also have to be humble? If you are creating something with others. Okay. But this is not a recipe. So this is, it was my premise. I, I could do it having like this choreography mm. scripted. Yeah. And then I could say you go to this point and then you raise your arm and then you 
lower your head and then you would but be. then it would be something completely different I, th- I think from from my case it would be less less interesting mm-hmm. so I needed them to propose I would uh, give them some stimulus mm-hmm. like a piece of wording a piece of text a piece of their own personal stories and then we would mix it up and create through our devising we would devise scenes in, in together and then we would choose between these scenes which ones would um, fit better in this part of the text so like like i said before the, the baron was a, ma- a matrix that would evolve the narrative of mm-hmm. the baron was evolving and then we would read other resor- other sources like Aldous Huxley Doors of Perception and some others and some personal stories like i said mix it up and then see if this movement lowering our head would fit in this part in which the baron lowers his head. Why do you think movement is so important to you? Mm. Because movement, if if it is true, it's a direct signal from what's happening inside. Hmm. If you let the, your body move freely without thinking too much, this is an expression of your inner self. And I was always interested in this mixture between your capability of uh, rationalization of the concept mm-hmm. and then how your body reacts to this conceptualization. In this case also there are two layers, two different things. Mm-hmm. One is the way that you think about it, two is the way you, you move about it. In the space. In the space, exactly. exactly. A movement space. space. Many people that work in theatre this is not a new thing many people feel the way I feel I think it is more interesting to see a complete actor on stage Mm -hmm. that part of him is the character and part of him is this particular actor so when you say the complete actor you mean that they come to you incomplete I think there are there are actors that are more worried about uh, saying things right with the the correctness that the scene needs but I'm more interested in risky actors that take some risks and uh, will not do this as I would I I would expect and uh, normally I say that in my rehearsals that I am privileged to be on theater every day because I see a different show every day and the movement is an expression of that if if I say an actor to an actor you have to get in this room and then uh, I have to speak about this with that uh, character there mm-hmm. I free the space so that he can do whatever he wants. Obviously, it it gets more technical in the end because because in the beginning you are creating, and but then you find that in some parts of this movement that he goes from A to B, there are very there are many interesting things to explore that somehow trigger an emotion in you. Do you remember any of those? That something that really touched you. There was one scene, very comical scene that we did in the first part of the of the show. That the actors they transformed themselves in dogs. I, I like it very much when you see the process in front of your eyes. When you see that, okay, the, the actors are going to transform themselves in dogs, but the audience is given the 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 option of seeing this process. And these there were three dogs, and each actor did it differently because one actor started very quickly to transform and then the second actor was only beginning to transform when he was called upon and then the third actor was just lying there waiting for something to happen and one of the actors calls him by his dog name and he resists he just looks at him with some some distance but then when the the other actor says it for the third time his name he suddenly starts to act like, like a dog and then starts running around in, in circles and it, it's very funny because it, this only happened because 
there was some space to for the actors to try different ways. Mm-hmm. We did it. We did this scene millions of times till we reached this point in which it was very uh, mm-hmm. true. The actor is there waiting. He doesn't want to be a dog, while he doesn't feel like he has to be a dog. And only when he thinks that he has all the um, things ready to start, his own will ready, he then transforms into a dog. And it is much more real than if he did it before. So you did have to give them space. And how do you practice for this will? Okay, you do when you feel that the time is right, Mm. but it also needs to fit with the complete idea of the play and everything Mm -hmm. that goes around it. That's why it is not easy. Normally, the actors sometimes feel a little bit uncomfortable when they are given too much space, they, they feel lost. It's normal because they are in front of you, they are in front of people performing, so they need some orientation, some guidance. And if you let them be too free, I think sometimes they feel a little bit constrained. So one of the main things is to talk about the text, or about the concept many times, and see what each one thinks about it. So how did you put them at ease? It was by talking? By, yes, by the, 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 the first rehearsals, many rehearsals, we, we had sitting rehearsals in which we read the texts and um, we talked about it and, and especially about how it made us feel okay. reading them. And we made some interesting um, rehearsals. The first one, and that, in that day I, I saw that they, these four actors specifically had a, a very nice chemistry between them. In the first rehearsal they started singing text that we started reading each one could read what each one wanted to and they started to make rhythms in the table and singing and saying things in in an operatic way because all of them have training in the music area and they started to play and I saw that we had possibilities to have a a good uh, understanding because this is another thing that is very very important You you have to have actors that feel some sort of intimacy with the other mm-hmm. actors. Mm-hmm. So intimacy yes. is key to have space for movement. Yes. You gave them challenges. They mm. weren't challenged. So it was quite uh, also new for them. Yes, because it's not just a question of going there and doing what you want. So we had from one side, we, on one side we had the story that we had to tell. But on the other hand, we had to show the process of getting somewhere that we want, that we desire. Mm-hmm. The Baron itself, it, it's a very interesting character because it's, it's a man with no filters. Mm. He says what he wants. He reveals the darkness from his past very easily. While the inspector is at the beginning of the story, at least, is the opposite. In the beginning, this inspector is very, how do you say worried about the norms and he doesn't reveal much mm-hmm. but throughout this night that they spend together while while they drink and speak about their women their past the inspector does some kind of a trip to the point where he is much more exposed so the process of the actor also has a big parallel with the process of the inspector so there is a parallel between actor knowing a text getting at will with his with, with the text and the process of the inspector knowing this this strange baron that lives in an old castle and uh, has no filters so those two characters represent exactly the baron that is something that's inside mm-hmm, us that desire mm-hmm. and the inspector is 
that uh, transforming part of ourselves that starts to unpeel yes. uh, little by little our, mm-hmm. uh, our desire and actually touch upon the most true part of ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. As you were saying about the challenges, you told movement should be uh, more present in all areas of theater mm-hmm. and the work of actors should really have more movement. We should have more inspectors, but also the barons mm-hmm. should be more present. So how do you... How do you think that would be possible? How do you... It's not just a, a subject that we put in the curriculum. Mm-hmm. It's much more because you have to have intimacy. You have to expose. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to create trust. Perhaps working with these ideas of, of play and interpretation. Mm-hmm. Getting to know each other. It's it's a process. It's yes. not just a... It's, yeah, it's not easy. I think there are actors that are that more easily turn them available for this kind of, of processes but in general if you work with dancers for example of course they have been working their bodies since early age and they know that when you want to express an emotion you just you don't just say i want this or i want that i'm sad about this or i'm sad about that and i'm worried that some actors in some cases just do that they are very good at saying this or saying that showing and representing For example, if they are cold, they just shiver a little bit, as anybody would shiver. But the body can show its coldness in many, many ways. For example, if you are a dog, sometimes you ask an actor to go and be a dog, and then he just puts his hands on the floor and starts waving his butt, and the the tongue is out. It does just like... (laughs) And it's a dog. But the dog can be an attitude on the body. To be a dog is much more complex than to be with the four mm, paws in I the see. floor. The only way, I think, is to work the actors around this concept of showing, of freeing themselves of the body that we use in life <laughs> outside yeah. of the stage because uh, it is very important when you do workshops on, or when you do performing or creative work that you get rid of conventions yeah. of the body. You, when you are on the street, you have a convention Mm-hmm. You, you need to have it because it's the only way to live in society in terms of um, cohabitation with the others. But when you're on stage, you are expressing, you are not being normal. If you express, you have to have a language. And if you have a language, in case of the actor, the body is your language. And it seems also to me that you are suggesting to enlarge our databases. Yes. Because if I only know a dog by four paws and the tongue out and his... Uh, tail just wagging and I'm limited I'm constrained by Mm -hmm. those images so we need to uh, perhaps deliver and allow actors or even uh, any other person Mm -hmm. to have a a wider database of possibilities yes so that probably also is part of your process yes giving more images yes because it's like a lot of artists in, in 19th century 20th century after the photography came into the scene they started Mm -hmm. to do abstraction painting because they knew that they could express an emotion visually throughout more than just the photography you can do the same in performing arts you don't you don't need to be to to imitate life itself Mm -hmm. you can Mm -hmm. express make an expression of life in in the other ways in in other ways and i think the body is a very good good uh, instrument for that yes definitely by exploring movement into different areas how could we think about ways to bring movement into everyday life where Mm -hmm. human interactions need more of this respect on on this will and being it uh, a means to express where we want to go how we move 
the decisions we make, the spaces where we work, the cities we design. How do we create these bridges? Are, mm-hmm. do you, do, would you say or would you agree with me that there are opportunities or do you think that movement or these sort of explorations belong only to the areas of artistic expression? No, at all, at all. Because if you... Movement is different in each culture. Mm-hmm. We are talking here about the Occidental culture. Yes. Europe and America. But mm-hmm. if you go to other cultures, mm-hmm. if you go to Africa, some countries of Africa, when you see their, their, their dances, when you see the ways that they get together in communities, if you go to Asia... You see that the way that they they move their bodies while communicating is different. So we have a lot to learn with cultures that are less influenced by a, a strict way of being, less influenced by this urge of um, getting things done. Other way is of course get some training in in movement and body because there is a, an, a very interesting thing. If you try to represent a scene while you're seated, imagining this scene, it will always be poorer than if you get up and do the scene. Because you will find that the body itself has a brain. Try to explore different ways of doing, grabbing a cup, getting a telephone call, of writing with your pen. There are many ways, different ways of doing that. And by doing this differently, there is some triggers in your brain that open and then you can see different things and you can create different things mm-hmm. so I think that testing you can change also and you can find new ways of thinking about solutions for problems right it unleashes your creativity yes and it gives you other possibilities mm-hmm. so this brings me one idea could be more gyms or more boot camps mm. which instead of doing a hit class we would actually just play with movement yes so in one exercise we could explore extreme intense uh, situations, mm-hmm. emotional triggers, mm-hmm. wild dogs into the most sensitive animal or mm-hmm. flower. And in this way, perhaps we, instead of, again, uh, normalizing movement, we would be exploring new ways of movement that we could bring into our daily lives. Yes. That would be much more fun than... Uh, <laughs> it would be fun without a doubt. Yes. Than just uh, normalizing. Thank you for the time. And this was really inspiring to get to know a little bit more of your play and in ways that we can actually explore movement. And I hope this inspires our uh, listeners. So thank you. uh, Thank you, Anna. Until next time.